Hi and welcome to Shiggy Sports Journeys. Thanks again for joining us. Please be subscribing free to the channel. Plenty of content to keep you busy. Another great guest for you today. This uh, gentleman is currently um, out in Pakistan with the, the Black Caps New Zealand squad um, set to have a tour against them prior to going to the upcoming T20 World Cup. I say hello to Ish Shodi. How are you, my friend? G'day, mate. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure, pleasure. Now, you've been busy this morning, mate. You did a, you're currently in isolation um, in Pakistan. Um, you've just had your lunch delivered to you, which I'm sure is, I'm sure is quite, quite a nice feeling. But you've also had a 10K this morning. How was that? Yeah, look, it's um, it's something that I got used to doing in a fair bit of quarantine that I've had recently. Um, my fitness trainer, Chris Donaldson, he's spoken to me a lot about not doing it um, as much. But this morning I woke up with a bit of jet lag, sort of 5 a.m. And I was like, you know, well, I'm pretty bored here. And, and uh, you know, breakfast is still three or four hours away. So what can I do? And so I just started jogging around um, a 10-meter hallway up and down. Um, and, and by the time that I'd finished, I'd, I'd done an hour, which... Takes a bit of mental strength, I, I suppose, but um, I guess I'm glad I got it done. Listen, sets you up for the rest of the day now. You've had your lunch, you've done your hard work, so uh, you can put your feet up now and <clears throat> find something good to watch on uh, on Netflix or something. I don't know what you're watching your in your spare time. Um, I want to go through uh, like a, a snippet of your um, of your journey uh, in cricket today. Um, and I want to start by, I noticed you were born and bred in, uh, in India. Um, talk to me about that. Sorry, mate, you just went missing there uh, before you asked the question. So you were, born in, uh, you were born in India. So cricket was very much in the blood, I'd imagine. What was it like? Um, what's your family background and stuff? Yeah, so I was born in Punjab uh, in India. We moved in New Zealand when I was about four, four or five years old. Um, and if I'm completely honest, I mean, cricket was probably always in the blood, but um, I wasn't really introduced to cricket until I was about nine years old. So, um, you know, I speak to a lot of a lot of teammates and other people that played cricket and started playing cricket at a high level. And they speak about starting at, you know, age of four and five years old and, and things like that, where I was completely different. I, I started quite late um, in comparison to that. Um, didn't really know cricket a hell of a lot until I got to nine years old. Um, my mum and dad uh, had some friends who decided to go and watch New Zealand versus India at Eden Park. Um, and I, I went along with them and that was the first kind of taste I had of cricket. Um, and so I started playing that year um, only because one of my cousins was in New Zealand and, and he couldn't speak English very well. So um, he needed a translator to go and join the, the cricket club with him. And, and so that became my job. And, and so that's that, it was my first real introduction to cricket, um, being a translator. And it probably wasn't until 12 years old where I started taking cricket really seriously and, and really enjoyed it. Um, started having some success and, and all started from there. Did you kickstart as a leggy early doors? No, I never. I, I started off actually as a big, nasty fast bowler. Um, you know, I was quite a lot taller than, than most of the guys there in my in my age groups and so kind of used that strength and pace um it was something I could never keep up anyway so I'm glad that I changed um to leg spin when I could but um I was probably a seam bowling all-rounder um 
to start my career, which is, I look back at that now and think, wow, I probably couldn't keep it up, um, you know, at the, at the age that I was uh, to now. So I'm kind of glad I made that transition when I was 12 years old. I, I went and had, a, I was thankfully selected for an academy with uh, an old spin bowler called Deepak Patel. Um, yep. Played for New Zealand kind of through the 90s. And, um, and the main thing that he did was he just, you know, got, everyone in a group at the start of the season and said does anyone spin um and no one put their hands up and you know, I guess I was a cheeky little you know um cricketer and I wanted to impress him so I said yeah I bowl spin um never bowled spin in my life uh, and then I went into the nets and uh and bowled leg spin I guess pretty naturally um bowled the ball down there and it spun um quite a lot and and from there I guess I fell in love with the with leg spin bowling. Deepak Patel I remember him very well 1992 World Cup, the year that I believe you were born, my friend. And I remember 1992 very well because Pakistan won the World Cup. But yeah, I remember Deepak Patel, the off-spinner. Um, so from there, I take it he's seen something in you and kind of gave you a little push? Yeah, I mean, Deepak gave me more than just a little push. Um, he was he was quite hard on me when I was younger. Um you know, I've revisited that quite a lot uh, since I got a little bit older because, you know, when you're young and a coach really pushes you and they're quite hard on you, um, I guess being a kid, um, it can sometimes feel like they're, you know, kind of being a little bit mean. But um, looking back at it, I think it was really good to have that push from a young age. Um, you know, tried to get the best out of me, uh, pushed me really hard. And I guess it was because he saw there was a bit of potential there. Um just obviously took me a few years to recognise that, but um, looking back, I think that was a really pivotal moment in my in my cricketing career uh, for sure, and and uh, definitely one that I, I look back on with fond memories now, or fonder memories now than what I perhaps did when I was kind of a teenager. So when did you break into like representative stuff? Um, you mentioned twelve, thirteen. You you were still bowling quick that day in the nets. Things changed. When did you break? When was your breakout to to start taking wickets at a, a good level? Um, it wasn't until I, I made um, an Auckland development squad. So I played all my um, provincial domestic cricket for Northern Districts, but I started my career uh, in, in Auckland. So played a lot of my age group cricket there. Um, probably about 15 or 16, I was selected for uh, one of the national tournaments. Uh, we went down to Napier. Um, and I guess there weren't many many leg spinners at the time, so it was quite unique for batsmen to face leg spin. Um, and that was perhaps the time that I, I started bowling um, well enough to start taking bags of wickets. Um, and I guess being a leg spinner, taking bags of wickets is so important for confidence. And um, it's kind of, it's nice to go out there and I guess prove to yourself that you can get wickets against guys, you know, at that time that, that are um, at the highest level that you're playing. And so um, 15, 16 was about the time I, uh, broke into the squads and and started taking wickets and and that went a long way to give me confidence to pursue it in the future. Around 2012-2013, you made your your debut um, in the in the big leagues, as they say, as you as you started representing Northern Districts. Must have been a very exciting time for you. Obviously, so many great players have come out of Northern Districts. So going into that environment, what was it like? Was it welcoming? You know, what were the kind of names, big names that were around the team at the time? Um, and how did you find it? Yeah, so 2012 was um, a year of under-19 World Cup. So 
um, played the under 19 World Cup and it was such a great experience um, playing against guys from all over the world. And I remember being there on the tournament and um, at the time I was still affiliated to Auckland Cricket, um, but I'd, I'd done quite well uh, against Northern Districts A. So that year the coach from Northern Districts called me while I was at the World Cup and, and asked me if I'd, I'd like to make the trip down and play for Northern Districts. And at first I was quite apprehensive. It was you know a big decision to make, but um, ended up, making the decision to move and so once I'd finished the World Cup I actually came home to a professional contract which um, you know at 19 years old uh, was quite a big deal for me and my family um, and and something that was you know too hard to turn down Uh, and so we went went ahead went down to Hamilton um, joined the team and everyone was so welcoming like you said it was um, a lot of great players have come out of northern districts you know the likes of Dan Vittori and Kane Williamson Tim Southey, Trent Bolt, Neil Neil Wagner now, but you know the list just keeps going on and on. I mean the the environment is so great for being around guys that you know demand excellence, and and that I guess from a young age being surrounded by that was so cool. Um, but mainly it was just so exciting to be around these guys. Um, a guy that really took me under my wing is a good friend of yours, Joey Jovic, um, who played years and years and years for Northern Districts. I mean, you know. Uh, I'd say he probably played 120, 130 first class games. And uh, and so having all these guys around to have that support as a young fellow was great. Um, and, and taught me a lot, not just from a cricketing perspective, but from a social perspective. And I came from a pretty narrow minded part of New Zealand. Um, and so to get out and, and be able to be amongst these guys and learn how to socialize and learn how to, I guess, carry yourself in different environments was, was huge because um, these guys had so much more experience. That must have benefited you when you actually took to the pitch then. You must have felt pretty comfortable. How did you take to first-class cricket? Um, obviously, it's not easy to do the skill you do. I would say leg spin um, is probably the toughest skill one can do. If the wrist is a little bit tight on any given day, it's going to, it won't come out too nicely. But that's a, so it's a lot of pressure to go in as a youngster. How did you, with that welcoming environment, it must have helped your performance on the pitch? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, every every time you hear about leg spinners speaking about um, their careers and, and times that they've had and the things that are important to them, I think um, having a captain that really understands your skill is is really important um, to, I guess, initially be able to um, support you through setting fields that allow you to get into your spells or giving you the confidence to say you are my wicket taker. And I was really fortunate that I had Daniel Flynn Um Flinny had played a fair bit of cricket for New Zealand during that time. Um, such a great competitor um, and, a, and a really great leader. And so thankfully my career started with a guy like that, um, kind of being in the leadership group and then and becoming my eventual captain for a really long period of my first class career. But so it's so good to have support, um, you know, being 19 years old, one coming from a different environment or different city, making the move Two, being a leg spinner in New Zealand conditions, you know, you don't really see many of those, um, come through the systems and so so it's great to have that support from from senior guys and and definitely went a long way to to me developing in my career but my first season was a, a short one I only played 10 games before I ended up playing for New Zealand so things moved pretty quickly yeah you you, you took to it very well um you get the big call up in 2013 um which was a, a call in that the team were already in Bangladesh I believe um, and an injury took place. And you get the phone call to get on the flight over for that test match. That's a big call to get. How are you feeling at the time? 
Yeah, I was uh, currently actually on a on an A trip to Sri Lanka. Um, okay. So that was my first time kind of being out of the country and playing, you know, with the, with the fern on my chest outside of the under 19 World Cup. So getting a chance to go and play test cricket was always the dream. Um, you know, still is the dream in a lot of ways. Um, it was, it was filled with an immense amount of pride. Um, there was definitely a bit of naivety there being only 19 or 20 years old. Um, and I guess, I guess getting the chance to go over to Bangladesh, uh, a place where um, they're really tough in their own home conditions, but being surrounded by guys like, you know, Brendan McCullum, Kane Williamson, Ross Taylor, um, all these great players, um, you know, Tim Southey. Oh, actually, Southey might have been injured, but Neil Wagner was starting his career at that time as well. So um, as you can imagine, being 19 years old, uh, thrust into an environment like that, it's just so exciting. Um, and before you even take into account the rigours of international cricket, I think the initial excitement got me through. You mentioned Ross Taylor. Um, I've had Ross Taylor on the podcast. Um, I wonder if it was the same for you. You mentioned his name, so I'd imagine it would be. I remember turning up as a 17-year-old to play for the MCC Young Cricketers in London. Ross Taylor was the first guy. He was over as the Kiwi that was getting to, getting getting that scholarship that year. What a welcoming guy. What a lovely guy. You know, straight away was over and put his arm over me to say, listen, any issues or anything, my door's always open. Was that the same for you when you arrived in Bangladesh? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, looking looking at those first couple of tours in the light that I saw him, you know, because he was one of our heroes growing up. He'd been in New Zealand for years already and dominating for years. So, um, you know, you couldn't help but be a little bit intimidated the first time you, you came across Ross Taylor as a young guy, um, especially from New Zealand. And then the the amount of support that he showed, the the welcoming nature as he spoke about, uh, was the same. Um, and those initial couple of years, you know, breeding into international cricket and and getting to know a lot of the guys, I think he played a big big support role. And uh, it's really cool now you can you know kind of fast forward eight or nine years time and he's still such a good friend of mine. So uh, it's pretty cool to have built that relationship from such a young age and and uh, one that I, I definitely do cherish. Things went from strength to strength. Um, soon after you got your T20 call up, which was uh, in July 2014, you played against the West Indies. So you went from the five day format into the T20 format, which you've been really, really successful in. Um, how did you find that transition? Did it come naturally to you, or was it, you know, having to hit your straps straight away in Test cricket? You may get a couple overs to bed in. You don't get that luxury in T20 cricket. Yeah, I mean. When I started my test career, I was only 20 years old. So, I'd, you know, I, I came straight out of club cricket, um, played one year of first-class cricket and ended up playing um, test cricket. So I guess I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, essentially. Like, it was such a big shift in such quick succession and quick time where where I think the T20 stuff and the one-day cricket, um, I'd already had, you know, two or three years, four years nearly of professional cricket behind me when I got a chance to play. Um, and so I guess I had a lot more experience coming into those T20 and one day sides. Um, and that, that probably held me in real good stead. I think white ball cricket is just a, you know, two, two formats that I understand reasonably well. I understand kind of what my role is in those formats. And, and I guess I've, I've had that because all through age groups and under 19s um, playing world cups and stuff, it's all been generally with the white ball. Um, and so I guess it was an easier transition to make, um, going from playing a lot of red ball cricket and test cricket to T20 than perhaps what it was going from club cricket to play test cricket. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big jump, mate. I mean, you've gone from uh, 
club cricket to the to the to the highest level of cricket that you can play. Um, but it's but it sounds like by the time you took to the white ball stuff, you'd you were a bit more comfortable. You knew what your role was. You knew what you were going into. It's a big ask to go from, but it shows how highly regarded you were as well that they had the confidence to take you from club cricket uh, with not very much first class experience and put you into a test match. You know, it must again. It must have filled you, even though you were so young. It must have filled you with a lot of confidence. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, anytime you get picked for a for a team playing for New Zealand, it definitely does fill you with confidence. So, um, especially nowadays, I mean, the team is so strong. I mean, we are so heavily weighted. Uh, we've got heaps of depth. So, uh, even you know, to be here uh, in a T Twenty World Cup squad playing for New Zealand or, or being selected on that team sheet, I guess is is one that fills you with pride because there's just so many amazing players that that vie for that position. Who were the big inspirations for you? Obviously, there's quite a few when it comes to leg spin. Um, one in particular, uh, a certain Mr. Shane Warren wasn't too bad at bowling leg spin. You know, have any of these people had influences on you? Do you have you had relations with any of them? Have you t- have you picked their brains at all? I've been really fortunate um, because. I've had probably, you know, it is probably the 90s sort of era where um, where I really enjoyed the the league spinners like Shane Warne, obviously there, and Anil Kumble and Stu McGill. Um, and the really cool thing is, I guess, they've been so accessible uh, in my career so far. So uh, I've been really fortunate to to have rubbed shoulders with all three of them in, in various capacities. So um, I spent a bit of time with Shane Warne while I was in the Rajasthan Royals camp. He was the ambassador there. Um, one of the greatest cricketing brands I've ever come across. I mean, he just understands the game so well and, and um, you know, he speaks about it so eloquently. It's just so, it's really cool to listen to. Um, and then the other one's Stuart McGill, who, um, you know, for a long time was one of my personal coaches um, and, and, you know, was so good and, and motivating and um, really, really good on his routines. And so I really enjoyed working with him. Um, I actually had a haircut in Kolkata once and, um, you know, I looked over my shoulder and Anil Kumble was next to me. Um, and, and my initial thought was, oh, poor guy, he's going to get his ear chewed off here because like, <laughs> I've been waiting for a moment like this my entire life and I'm not really going to, you know, just, you know, shy away from it. So, uh, long story short, I kind of got my hair cut and finished up and he was getting his hair dyed. And so he would have, he would have been sitting there for a, for an hour or so more. And I just said, look, sir, is it, is it any chance that I could just sit here and talk to you for a bit? And he was, he was so kind. He was like, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, spoke to me a lot about um, cricket and, you know, a couple of technical things that, that always fascinated me about league spin. Uh, and then also some of the great rivalries that he had with Australia. And it was just so cool to, to hear it from, you know, someone that you hold in such high regard at such a young age. And, you know, I'm an absolute cricket nuffy. So, uh, I mean, the amount of times I've watched him bowl and, and get 10 wickets against Pakistan, um, you know, in Delhi. Uh, as much as that breaks my heart to hear, yes, it was painful. <laughs> Anil Kumble haunted us, man. He haunted us. Yeah, he was a great player, man. And, like, it's just, it's so nice when, you know, you see, you see some of your heroes that, like, you know, I've been so fortunate that all of the guys that I've really looked up to in my career, um, if any time I've had a chance to you know, rub shoulders with them, they've just been so welcoming and offer so much. And it just it helps you hold them in even higher regard. Um, you know, like 
a lot of these guys have so much on their plate and so much people want their time. And so when they take their time, um, you know, out of their day to, you know, speak to a young cricketer or young bowler like that, man, it's inspiring. Uh, I, I like the way you took that extra hour with Ariel Cumbly. Good on you, mate. You could have easily walked away and, and, and thought afterwards, oh man, I could have spoken to him. Anil, uh, I bet you loved it. I bet you loved it because, you know, but it's good to hear you get, not everybody is as humble as, and as down to earth as that when they get to the, the top level. So it's, it's, it's great to hear, really refreshing. Around November 2014, you played in a test match against Pakistan and you were batting at number 10, mate, and you scored 63 in that test match. Did you have a word with the captain afterwards and say, listen, I think I should be up a few spots, please? <laughs> oh, um, if only. I mean, I, I think that was a really good series. Um, probably one of my first series uh, away um, in those in those sort of conditions, which was really good fun. But the ball started reversing quite a lot. Um, and so we had to shift our game plans to, to work straight. And I remember having a good conversation with Mike Hesson, actually, at the time. He said, um, just try to hit the ball back where it came from when it's reversing. And I, I found that that a great piece of advice. But but going to the the other point that you asked, um, I was padded up a lot during that series at number three and four um, as a night watchman. <laughs> and thankfully, I didn't have to go out and, um, and bat as night watchman during those times. But, um, you know, sometimes when you go in and bat a little bit higher, usually the bowlers are a lot more fresh. So they've got a you know, fair bit more venom on them. But uh, when I came out to bat at number 10, I think um, a lot of the big boys in the middle, you know, the likes of Kane and Tom Latham and Henry Nichols had done a lot of the damage. Um, and, and a lot of the bowlers were probably a bit tired when it got to little old me. So uh, just luckily I could capitalize on a few bit loose deliveries and, and get some runs, but um, definitely something I want to want to venture towards. I want to bat number eight um, more frequently. I think number 10 is a little bit low. Yeah, no, listen, if you're capable of getting test fifties, then that was going to be my next question. Do you put quite a lot of emphasis in your batting and do you see yourself making like a number eight, your, 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 your spot moving forward? Sorry, mate, are we missing again? I was just saying you're, you're achieving a test 50 is a, is a great achievement. So you're clearly very capable with the bat. Is that something you put quite a lot of emphasis on in, in training? And do you see yourself holding a role down as a genuine all-rounder eventually? Yeah, I'd love to. Um I'd love to definitely offer more of the bat. I think I put so much effort, time and effort into my bowling. Um, I guess if I put a, you know, that similar sort of effort into my batting, then I wouldn't really get much of a break. Um, so, I mean, bowling is my absolute passion. And I guess batting for me um, is something I want to keep getting better at, but it's something I really enjoy doing. So um, the more, I guess, you know, I've always had this monkey on my back because I do, I do think that I'm capable enough um, score runs at first class and test level and maybe you know even white ball cricket if I get the opportunity but every year I rock up to the season and I think this is my first year to this is my year to get 100 in first class cricket this is my year you know I have to get 100 this year and um I, I guess I get to like 50 or 60 and I think oh like I'm, I'm getting close here like you know it, and it kind of takes me away from from what got me to 50 and 60 in the first place so um I think it's just about really narrowing that mindset you know, focusing on each individual delivery. Uh, and I think if I can focus on that for long enough, then I'm sure I can play more of a role with the bat uh, in the teams that I play for. We've got a couple of guys, brains you can certainly pick that are close to home, 
the likes of Kane Williamson, Ross Taylor. These guys know how to score big. So I'm sure you you take that opportunity, maybe more than an hour, to uh, to pick their brains on how you can go from that 50-60 to 100 and beyond. Absolutely. I think um, you know, the guys are so good at batting. I think most of the time I get to speak to them, it's always about, you know, how can I bowl to you that makes, you know, what what type of bowling makes it harder for you to score? And so that always ends up being the basis of the conversations with some of the batsmen in the group. And um, yeah, I, I guess because bowling is my absolute passion, you know, I wouldn't go a day without thinking about leg spin bowling. And, and, you know, I used to, used to think that was a bad thing, but, um, but I guess because it is my passion and I, I really enjoy doing it, it's not, not at all a bad thing. Something I wanted to chat to you about is family. Now, currently you're sat in a hotel room in uh, Islamabad, Pakistan. Um, you've got a young family, young baby, wife I'd imagine back back at home in, in New Zealand how is it for an international cricketer to spend long periods of time away from the family your little one will be changing every day thankfully you have technology and I'm sure you're able to have some some FaceTime and whatnot but I know from having a toddler myself they don't really sit on the screen for very long <laughs> yeah um absolutely you know I've been I've been touring um for the majority of my career which is probably um, I think eight or nine years, nearly 10 years now. And obviously leaving family is never easy. Um, it's definitely got a lot tougher uh, with two things. One is the birth of, of my daughter. Uh, it obviously makes it a lot tougher to be away. And the other one is um, a lot of this quarantine that we're having to do at the moment. Um, and and I, guess, I guess there's some safety regulations and stuff that, that you have to uh, work towards to make sure you, know, you keep safety and, and make sure that some of these tours can go ahead. Um, but it definitely does add that time on. So I think, um, you know, this, this I, trip that I'm on at the moment is three months long um, and two and a half weeks of that is quarantine. So those are the ones that feel like, you know, kind of, excuse me, dead days um, where, you know, you feel like you could be with your family and, you know, spending some time with them uh, where you can't really achieve a hell of a lot from a, from a hotel room. But you do have to go back to that gratitude piece, I think, because, um, you know, we could quite easily not be playing any cricket um, and, and cricket's obviously a huge love of ours as well. So uh, one, you know, you try to find that gratitude um, having a chance to play cricket is such a blessing. And then the other one is having the technology because, you know, you hear some stories and, you know, I love reading about cricket and, and old stories. You hear about the, you know, 49ers of New Zealand and you hear about Don Bradman back in the thirties and twenties and stuff. And they're away for six, seven months of the year. Um, you know, they hopped on a ship to get there. It took them, you know, God knows how long, three or four weeks to get there. Um, and they had to write letters. And so you have to sit back and be reasonably grateful that um, through it, you actually have, you know, ability to instantly contact your family whenever you need. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. But at the same time, I'd imagine it's pretty tough. Um, hence why, hence why I asked you, could I do I think sport, People just think sports people have got this great life and, you know, what else could you be asking to do? But, you know, spending time away from family, sitting in hotel rooms for, for days on end, it's, it can't be the best of fun. Um, so I hope your quarantine passes quickly um, and you're back outdoors again. And hopefully you get to see some of, of what Pakistan has to offer. Um, how have you found things so far being over in Pakistan? How have you found the arrival and the, the welcoming, etc.? Yeah, it's been great. Um, 
you know, we've gone off the plane and, and came straight into quarantine. So we haven't seen a hell of a lot yet. I mean, the group, the group that's come from New Zealand. Um, so personally, like my, my dad's mum and my mum's dad, uh, they both, they both have Pakistani roots, but obviously they yeah. had to move across in the, um, in the um, uh, independence sort of period, that 47 period. So yeah. I've always been fascinated by the opportunity to come to Pakistan. Um, it's been kind of the one, the one major test playing nation that I haven't played in yet. Um, so there's obviously a huge amount of pride um, to, to come across here uh, and still have those roots Um you know, based, based in Pakistan, which is quite cool, something I'd like to connect with. I've still got some family in Lahore um, who I, I haven't really spoken to before, but it's just cool to know that you've got some sort of bloodline there and, and you know, you want to want to discover that, I guess, the older you get. Everyone speaks Punjabi here, which is ideal, um, you know, because you know, often English can be the barrier when you come over here from some of our Western countries. And um, I guess that's always been one thing I've been lucky with is uh, to have the, the language to speak, but the, the Punjabi here is so, so cool. It's, it's nice to listen to, um, you know, the guys have, um, they're very charismatic when they speak Punjabi. Um, you know, the, the only people I've had interaction with at the moment is security guards um, who are enforcing our COVID lockdown <laughs> restrictions, which is, which is great, but they've been really, really friendly. Um, hotel staff have been very kind and the food's been great. So um so, so far, so good. I've got two days to go and I'm really looking forward to getting out and, um, and seeing these grounds um, because obviously growing up as a, you know, as a young Indian, um, watching India versus Pakistan was just the you know, best day of the year. So uh, some of these grounds were on show and, and it's really exciting that I get a chance to walk out on them and, and train when I get out of here. Well, listen, I hope you do, I hope you connect, somehow connect with uh, the family in Lahore. My father is from Lahore. So I've spent a lot of time. Um, so I class myself as a Lahori as well. Um, great city, you know, hustle and bustle, never sleeps. It's uh, it's quite a place to be. So are you playing a game at Gaddafi Stadium? Yes. So um, all of the three ODIs, which the group that came across, were not available for. But all of those are in Islamabad. Um and then after that, we've got the entire T20 series in, in Lahore. And I think that's Gaddafi. Is Rawalpindi the same place? Sorry? Is Rawalpindi and Lahore the same place? No, or are they different, two different, different places? Different, different, different cities. Um, Pindi is where the, 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 the Rawalpindi Express Shui Bakhtar is from. Um, and Lahore is obviously is, is, is a, is a separate city. So, yeah, so you're playing in, uh, in Lahore and in Pindi, yes? I think we're doing some training in Rawalpindi and speaking to a couple of teammates um, that are in lockdown as well already. We're just pretty, pretty happy that we're not born in the era of Shoaibakhtara. It would have been nasty to face that guy. Yeah, I don't think that would be a, I don't think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, so you're going to get to see quite a lot of Pakistan then. Um, obviously, I know it's going to be quite strict and you aren't going to just be able to probably stroll around the streets and whatnot. But you're still going to get a, a good flavour of the place, and that's that's uh, that's great to hear. And, and one you can now tick off the list that you've been to Pakistan, you've experienced it, and I hope you get to connect with the, some of the family members in Lahore. So it's never, even though you've never met them before, might be a, a pleasant experience. Maybe you can get them some. I don't know. Are people going? To, are fans allowed in to watch at Gaddafi? Yeah, so they they're allowing kind of twenty five percent people coming into the stadium. So. So it's quite cool that they do have some crowds and stuff. And yeah, it'll be awesome to, you know, even even a phone call or something with um with some supposed family. I think it's like long lost cousins of my father's. So um it'd be pretty cool to 
to have that conversation and I'm sure they'll have some memories of, you know, my grandmother and, and grandfather and, and things like that and the places that we can connect. And I guess it's pretty cool though. Like families are pretty small and you don't have a lot of family. So it's nice to be able to connect with people around the world. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Just to touch on as well, you, you're really experienced um, in the T20 format. You've played T20 cricket now in quite a lot of different places. Obviously you've represented Rajasthan Royals in the IPL You've played for Jamaica Talawas and St. Kitts in the CPL. Um, you also had a stint out in Canada. There's actually a few Scottish boys that I think you played with, uh, Kyle Kutzer, George Munsey. They talked really highly of you. And they were they, they, they were they were keen for me to try and see if I could get you on the podcast. But yeah, that must be great to go around all these different tournaments, to meet different people, to play with people that you would normally play against. Uh, that must be awesome. You know, I love that eh? because like, you know, when you when you grow up and you want to play cricket, I guess, you know, the first thing on your, or, you know, first and foremost on your mind is to go and do well or, you know, get runs or get wickets and all that kind of stuff and play around the world and all this kind of stuff, have wins and trophies and, and all that sort of stuff. But the, the more you play around the world, the more uh, friends you make um, and you make some really good relationships with guys from all over the world. Um you know, for example, now if I do go back to you know Scotland, or if I'm you know happen to play there for New Zealand, or or visit if we're going on trips and stuff, you know you got guys like Munzee, or you got guys like Kyle, you can be like, hey mate, do you want to catch up for a beer, or do you want to go for a coffee? And it seems that way, um, you know, with most places around the world, I feel like you know majority of cricketing playing um, cricketing cities or or countries, um, you know, you've got some kind of acquaintances, and and you build that up over a long time of of playing in different places. And, and that's what I love about franchise cricket. You just get to experience a lot of different cultures and, and meet a lot of people. And um, that's something I'm really grateful for. We were absolutely gutted in Scotland. Um, we were due to have you guys over. Um, and obviously COVID struck. I really hope we can, uh, it can get rescheduled at some point. It's always a pleasure. Um, I actually played against the Kiwis many years ago. Um, at Aberdeen in Scotland, that was when Brendan McCullum was captain. So Ross Taylor was playing, um, Southie was playing. All these, all these amazing players got to play against. Um, and I know the boys were absolutely gutted that you weren't to get, weren't able to get over. So hopefully, in and in, in, in the next couple of years, they'll, they'll be able to get rescheduled and and get the Kiwis over again. Bring your jumper though, mate, and bring a couple of jumpers. Ah, uh, see, like every time we go to those countries, they give you hand warmers as a spinner. They're like, oh, man, you're going to need these and stuff. But yeah, sure, they warm you up, but I reckon they make your hands real slippery. Yeah. That might be a tactic that you guys use against our maybe, spinners, isn't it? Maybe. The hand warmers. Get get a shoddy plenty of hand warmers when it comes to Scotland. Otherwise, it could be, it could be trouble. So <laughs> I don't know if this is bang on right, but I hope it is. But at this moment in time, I believe you've got 156 wickets across all formats. Test ODI and T20, which is pretty good going. How, how old are you now, Ish? I'm 28. 28. You're a leg spinner. You're running 10Ks in hotels. That tells me you've got plenty of life left. You know, what is the what are your future aspirations? Are you wanting to be active in all three formats of the game? Yeah, I mean... Like, like I say, I'm 28 years old. You know, I went across to Worcestershire this year and uh, and played with a few, uh, played with a new team there, which I really enjoyed. And they all thought I was like mid 30s or something. <laughs> and so um, 
that was a bit of a shock because I was like, whoa, like, has it, have I been around that long? Um, because because I still feel reasonably young. I mean, you know, international cricket's been, you know, you know, huge, like quite a bit of a toll, I guess. And um, I guess, you know, over the past eight or nine years, I've been really fortunate to play, play a lot uh, of cricket. But I guess, you know, I've put so much pressure on myself being a young guy, um, you know, coming in and, and wanting to perform so hard at all these levels that I guess now I'm 28 years old and, and I guess I've alleviated, alleviated that pressure a little bit. So I feel a lot younger at the moment, which, which I think is a really positive thing for me. Um, you see the likes of Imran Tahir, um, you know, he's, he's playing cricket. He's well into his forties now um, yeah. and he's still dominating. And, and I guess I'm, I'm still, I still feel like there's a huge capacity for me to get better. And, um, and if I continue to have that kind of focus and I'd like to play for, you know, as long as I can, um, test cricket is definitely up there in, in my mind. Um, I guess the thing that I have to weigh up is, is our, our team is so successful in home conditions uh, with the, cricket they play We've got the four you know four probably of the best seam bowlers you know entire world and probably that we've ever had in our entire history all in one team so um it's a brand that works really well for us at home so uh you know i missed out on the test squad going to india this year but um if if there are some more asian tours that come up and overseas tours i'd love for for my name to be on that team sheet i'll keep my i'll certainly keep my fingers crossed for you i guess my last question to you is Young leg spinner out there, he or she, we now have plenty of leg spinners from women and men's cricket who are, are doing their best to get better and perform well. What would your advice be to them? What's the most important things for them to work on and, and to focus on? Um, it's, a, it's a very different era now. Um, T20 cricket's probably the number one, um, I guess, format that a lot of young cricketers are exposed to. Um, I think the biggest thing is just don't be afraid to experiment at a young age. Um, figure out what your grip is, and it doesn't have to be the same as what Shane Warnes was. Um, doesn't have to be the same as Imran to here. Whatever feels natural for you, go and try it. Um, figure it out because I, th- I think that's the main thing. I think you know you get to later in your career and you start figuring out things um, for yourself that perhaps you you wouldn't have done when you were younger because you tried to emulate someone else. Like I know, I know for myself, I always wanted to be like Shane Warne, but like I'm, you know, a foot taller than Shane Warne. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got a completely different body type. I've got a completely different build up to my run up. Um, and so, you know, it has to be really authentic to you. And um, so I, like nowadays when I, I speak to young spinners, I think a lot of them have their base skills, but I just say, don't be afraid to experiment. One, be, you know, one, don't be f- afraid to experiment. That's key. And be resilient because um, teach yourself to be resilient. If you're a spin bowler, you're going to get hit for six more in this day and age than ever before. So um, you've got to come to peace with that um, and, and always know that if you do get hit for six, you know, try to make them do it again the next ball and, and take that risk and you can get wickets. So um, keep keep being resilient, work hard um, and just and just experiment. Why not? I think that's fantastic advice. Um, like I said earlier, it's not easy to bowl leg spin. So it's um, it's great advice. And yeah, I don't think there's any chance you can bowl leg spin in this era and not go over the fence a couple of times. But you can always bounce back and get a wicket the next ball, the ball after. And I think that's that's where you're, that's where the focus has got to be. Esh, it's been a pleasure, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, great to chat to you. Great to hear a bit about your your journey. Um, I would wish I wish you all the best. Don't do too well. 
um, when you're in Pakistan, please, because obviously I'll be I'll be supporting Pakistan. But I'm sure you will do. I'd like to see you do really well. Um, and best of luck for the T20 World Cup. I'm sure the Kiwis are going to be there or thereabouts. Will it be your time? Do you think a semi-final or a fight? You've now experienced a final as well in the, the recent 50 over World Cup. Could this be the time that we see you lift the trophy? Oh, certainly hope so. You know, you go to these tournaments with the intention to to try to win. Um, we've we've got a really good squad. I think um, you know across across the board we've got you know a lot of great experience in that squad, both internationally and franchise league wise. So um, you know, there's no reason why we can't push to beat some of the bigger nations. But um, in, a, in a tournament like T20 World Cup, you know, you have to get through your pool first, and so um, each game uh, starting off. And our, and our pool is going to be as important as the other. So if we can get through that pool um, and get through to the semifinals, I think we'll we'll give it a good shot. But, um, yeah, we've, we've got to work hard and make sure we get our tactics right, get used to the conditions, and uh, who knows, the world's our oyster. Listen, best of luck to you, my friend. I hope uh, quarantine passes quickly for you, um, and I look forward to getting this out. You're some man. Thank you very much. Thanks, brother.